Welcome to the Dear Beloved Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jean, founder of the Beloved Collective, and together we will dive deep into relationships, femininity, and the stages leading up to marriage from a Catholic perspective. Here you'll find real conversations rooted in the truth, dispelling the lies found in our culture, and learn practical ways that we can keep Christ at the center of our lives and relationships. Dear beloved, welcome back. Today we have a special guest on the show with us, Miss Elizabeth Hintz. Um, I met her while we were in grad school together and we became really close friends really fast. She's amazing. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Elizabeth? Hi, Laura. Um, so my name is Elizabeth and I'm from Texas, but I'm currently living in Rome right now. And like you said, we met in Austria for our wonderful master's program in marriage and family. Um, I'm a wife and mother to a little one-year-old girl and another baby on the way. Yeah, just living in Rome right now with my husband while he's uh, studying a license in theology. Awesome. I can't believe, so we met in Austria and then recently, well, not recently, really, last year? Yes. No, was it no, two years ago? Two years ago, two and a half years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you guys moved to Rome when I moved back to the States. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, and today we're going to talk about um, the gift of singleness, right? We learned this in one of our classes and it really struck a chord with both of us and especially Elizabeth. So I'm really excited to get your take on all of this. I mean, we've had many conversations about it, so I don't think you're going to shock me with anything you say, but (laughs) this may be new to our listeners. So I'm really excited to dive into it. But before I do that, I'd like to start off these episodes with um, something that we're grateful for. So um, Elizabeth, is there anything that you are grateful for today or this week? Um, I would say that I am just so excited about this new little baby that is due in the fall. And I'm so grateful that the morning sickness has gotten so much better <laughs> at 20 weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just very grateful to be feeling better, being able to do more things. And yeah. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I'm thankful for your little baby too. <laughs> I'm so excited. I haven't even met your other baby yet, but one day I will. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll meet both. Awesome. So let's dive into our topic. Um, So first off, why don't you just let us know, like, what, when we talk about the gift of singleness, what do we mean by that? Yes. So it might sound like a very strange concept, you know, Um, but I see it as a period in your young adult life where you're building up your identity, you're kind of figuring out who you are, you have this special time to um, work on the virtues, you get to realize what gifts and talents that you've been given, and how you can use those gifts to serve others. And it's such an exciting time in your life, and you have this enthusiasm, and energy, (laughs) and excitement about life. And you want to use that time to go do something meaningful and learn from it. And you also have that time to direct wherever you choose, because it's before you've found your vocation and where, what you need to do. And 
um, yeah, you you have that time to direct and wherever you see fit. Whereas when you're you're set in a vocation, you don't really have that flexibility. Um, so it really is just a beautiful time of life. I really yeah, like- no, that it's awesome because like I feel like so often, um, people who find themselves in in the the period of singleness, whether it be you know as a young adult, most especially as a young adult it can almost seem like they're wishing away that time. Like, oh, I just can't wait to find my person or I just can't wait to be married, right? Um, Instead of kind of leaning into the season. And I think that's why this like putting it as gift, right? As as Mm -hmm. it's a gift of singleness is revolutionary for a Mm -hmm. lot of people and maybe stunning almost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's very true. It's such a special time. And I think, like you said, it's often just put aside as a a time of just waiting and not doing much until you've found whatever it is that you're looking for, rather than embracing it as a a special time of your life to do something really meaningful or something that you want to do or excited about. Yeah, totally. And it's also like, if you're kind of just in the waiting, instead of like going out and doing something, I feel like when you're going out and you're you're living your life and you're trying to figure it out, you're going to find things that, A, like fill your cup, right? You're going to learn things about yourself. You're going to mm-hmm. learn about the things that like make you feel alive. And you're going to learn about the things that might make other people feel alive, but don't make you feel alive, right? Mm-hmm. And that can help and impact how we discern our vocation, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. imagine somebody who like, you know, grew up in a in a really um, kind of a quiet household, very contemplative household and, um, you know, was presented with all of the vocations. They may naturally want to go into kind of a contemplative vocation, say, of religious life. Where if they've never stepped out of their home, if they've never kind of used these years of singleness to uh, learn more about themselves, learn more about the world, and learn more about like where they need to be in the world, then they may not see both vocations as good and beautiful and something that could be for them. Yes. Yes, I think that's very true. And Um, going out of your comfort zone and exploring new pathways and um, seeing, you know, there's so many different options out there. And especially for your vocation, what is going to be most helpful for you if you're going to get married to learn about yourself and also to learn about, you know, um, what you're, what you're attracted to, whether it's a religious order. Yeah. So clearly we can see that it, it really using these these years of singleness and and what we choose to do in them like is important right it's not like we're just oh like be independent and and live out and do whatever you want like no that's not what we're saying <laughs> right. right we're not in in terms of the world being like oh go and like live selfishly that's not what we're saying we're saying like go out and and learn more about yourself go out and travel go out and um do things that will stretch you and, and help you become um, a better human being, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so in this way, it impacts our discernment, right? So mm-hmm. 
Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how these years of singleness can impact our discernment? Mm-hmm. If, say that you're you're not sure what your vocation is. You're still in this young adult time and you're exploring different avenues, seeing, you know, what suits you best, whether it's marriage, a religious order, um, singlehood, consecrated life, whatever it is, and going out and um, exploring, building up your identity, um, finding kind of what suits you best. Um, it just, it will really help you knowing yourself will really, it will really help you kind of discern in this area and, um, yeah, spending time with different religious orders, for instance. And, um, um, I know I just keep getting afraid that I'm going to make it sound like, yeah, go date everyone in the world because you need to explore and find out who doesn't suit you. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. But it's but it is important to kind of not take it so seriously, right? I feel like there's there's definitely camps in mm-hmm. even the Christian space, but even the Catholic space, right? There there's camps of like, well, don't just go and date anybody or like, you know, like dating is for marriage. Like, yeah, we understand that. But there's also the camp of like oh, well, like, if you don't just date anybody, then you're not going to find anybody. <laughs> right. If that even makes sense, right? We don't want to live these, like, loose kind of lives, but we also, like, we just, we need to be smart about the people that we get involved with and, like, go on dates with. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't give somebody a chance, how mm-hmm. would you ever know? Yeah. How do you learn about yourself in that way? and about others, like what's going to work for you in a relationship. And like you said, there's kind of two extremes. And there's the world view view of embracing single years where you might go out and party every night and, um, you know, do whatever, where or there's the other extreme where you're just, you don't do anything. And you're, you're just waiting around. And neither of those ways are really going (laughs) to maybe get you to the most meaningful um, vocation or to the most uh, meaningful place in your life. And you're not going to learn much about yourself either way. Yes. Um, And I just want to mention quickly here uh, something that our natural inclination could be to one thing, right? Like when you were saying those kind of two options, I was like nodding my head like yes to the one of like, not doing anything and just sitting and waiting because like that's my natural inclination. I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. I'd rather, you know, somebody pursue me. So why would I, you know, X, Y, Z, right? But just even knowing that, that that's my natural inclination is helpful for me because then I can work to build up the skills necessary to um, stretch beyond my comfort level, right? And, and to lean into those experiences that I wouldn't arrive at naturally with my natural inclinations, right? Whether that be, you know, the skill of linking arms with a friend who helps you, uh, like brings some, you know, other opportunities of things to do and, and pulls you outside of yourself. Like that is valid and that's a great thing to do. That doesn't mean that you 
can't do it on your own. It means that you're being smart <laughs> and you're letting <laughs> others help you. Yes. you know? And so like, we don't have to do this all alone. And I think, you know, when we talk about singleness, it's not that we're doing it alone, right? In our vocation, yeah, we're not tied to anybody yet, mm-hmm. but but we're still made for community. Yes. Right. And so we're still made for those friendships and we need those friendships. Like you and I, we were both single and we were there. Well, you were dating and then got married. But anyway, <laughs> we were single for a while together. Yeah. And oh gosh, we had so many adventures together that mm-hmm. um, helped me grow a ton. I know that. And, you know, like, so, so I guess what I'm just trying to say with all of this is that, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Um, it just means you're not in a in your state of life yet in your vocation. Right. Yeah. And it's great to have friends to encourage you in um in, in doing this and working on your virtues and um doing something meaningful with your life and you can also complement each other and help each other realize the gifts and talents that you do have and um yeah. Yeah, no, it's super important. And I think it's helpful for everybody. But at the same time, like, I know I I literally just said you're not doing it on your own, but you're also like, (laughs) you (laughs) are doing it for yourself in a way. Yes. So, okay, this is gonna be a tangent, but we're gonna go there. Um, (laughs) I'll have to tell you about something I thought of just between you and I after this. But anyway, um, in our world today, in the Western world today, we see a lot of individualism, right? Everything mm-hmm. is about the individual. Yes. And we see that in the way that we work, right? How can I, you know, progress and, and get all the power and, you know, X, Y, Z. So on one hand, like this gift of singleness is is meant to, you know, help us with ourselves, right? Help us to get to the point where we are um, understanding ourselves better and we've honed some uh, virtues and we're growing as a person and we're learning about ourselves and we're learning about our vocation, right? That That is good and holy, mm-hmm. but we don't want to get it to the point where obviously we're like, everything is about me and I'm single, so everyone should bow down around me and I should get everything I've ever wanted because it's just me and all these things, right? That's not what we're saying. Right. No. But also when you're going alongside of other people, right? When you're linking arms with your friends and you're linking arms with your community, it's a beautiful thing for the community as a whole to grow, mm-hmm. but it's also for the individual to grow within the community, if that makes sense. So like we can't lose sight of what is this all for? And and ultimately, right, we have to look what is this all for? The glory of God. Because if we don't have that peace, if we don't have that peace, right? Because if we're thinking, what is our vocation? Mm-hmm. Our a vocation is a state of life in which we glorify God with our lives. We know mm-hmm. that, right? And in, a, in like a high level, like that's the ultimate goal of a vocation. Mm-hmm. And so your ultimate goal of 
bringing glory to God does not begin when you enter into vocation. It is there even when you're single. So you have to have that in mind too, because we're not all about us, um, but we're also so not about us that we're not about us. If that makes right. sense. <laughs> yeah. So like it's a balance, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, on one hand, we want to grow community and we want that to flourish for the sake of community. But community is only good insofar as that it's helping individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead. And I totally see what you mean. Like we, on one hand, yes, we are, um, you know, trying to find our vocation or we're trying to work towards it. And in that time, we're building our identity, working on our virtues, uh, realizing our gifts and talents. But all of this ultimately is, like you said, for God's glory and, you know, through our vocation to get our spouse to heaven or to get others to heaven. And so that's what we're, all of this, the gift of singleness, um, you know, working on yourself and everything is ultimately to get to heaven. Yes. Yeah, and and even like think about the saints who never got married or who died young where they weren't in a vocation in in the sense that we see vocationists today, right? The saints mm-hmm. who died when they were young, right? Um I'm thinking specifically of Pierre Giorgio, right? Mm-hmm. He was a great example of what we're talking about here. He was he you know was great about working on himself like he was growing um in his own spiritual life and his own um life in general but he was also going out and living his life like he would and he didn't do it alone either he brought his friends and his community with him like i'm pretty sure there's a story where he you know these guys his friends wanted to go I could be butchering the story, but I think it was that his friends wanted to go to like um, hang out at like a like a bar, I guess, or something mm-hmm. like that. They wanted to go to a party and they wanted him to come. And he was like, well, I'll come if everyone, you know, prays a rosary or like goes to confession, uh-huh. right? It wasn't that the story. And then they all did it so that he would come. But at the same time, it was good for them, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a great story of like him using this gift of singleness. But yeah, like you were saying, like we can still get to our goal, even, you know, if our life is cut short. I mean, goodness forbid. But at the same time, like that's kind of how we have to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, we're going to look at it more selfishly. Like when we're talking about the gift of singleness, we're not talking about selfishness. Right. right. We're not talking about self necessarily. We're talking about this time that can be used in so many beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you're, you're going to be trying to serve others with what you're discovering about yourself. And that's the most beautiful part, I think, about the gift of singleness is that, you know, it's not, it is for yourself in a way, but it's also for other people. Um, and that's why it's such an important time. <laughs> Yes, definitely. So what do you think the impact in in living like a, the gift of singleness um, in your life well has on your vocation once you've found it? Um, 
Well, I think it can, I think, well, finding your vocation, I think it really, let me start over. Um, okay. So, uh, once you found your vocation, I think, so I'll just talk about it from a marriage perspective since that's where I am in my life. And I see it as, um, it's helped me learn so much about myself, taking advantage of that time. And uh, once I heard about the gift of singleness to begin with in that class, I was just so excited about it. I was like, yes, this is so important. And it's not something I'd ever heard of before or knew about. And um, I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon right away. And I was like, yes, I'm going to take advantage of this time. (laughs) Um, And I really didn't think about dating or anything at the moment. And I was like, yes, I want to go, go, go find, figure out things about myself. And, um, and so now I see that in marriage, that it helps me know so much about myself that I can uh, share it with my husband, for instance, or, you know, I know my weaknesses and my strengths. And I, I see how my husband's compliment me so much. Like, for instance, um, my husband is a very, my favorite thing about my husband, I would say, is that he has such a gentle character. And I would say I'm the complete opposite. Um, (laughs) I honestly, I have Swedish and Finnish roots. So sometimes I would call myself a Viking. Uh, But that's just how I see myself. I'm I'm quite a tough personality. It's funny because someone looking at you and I definitely had this coming into meeting you. I I would think you would be like the sweetest person in the world. And bam, life slapped you in the face. (laughs) I know when I tell people this, they don't believe me, but honestly, I feel like I am very tough. I, I say things more abruptly and, uh, my husband is very gentle and very calm and peaceful. And I just, that is such, such a compliment to me. And it's not something I ever thought I would look for in a spouse is gentleness and never because of my character, I, I never really thought of it. Um, but then that was the most attractive thing about, um, my now husband when I met him is just how gentle he was and how calm and peaceful. And I'm just like a, a a whirlwind Viking storm and, (laughs) um, yeah. So just knowing that about myself, that's just one instance. Um, but yeah, just learning what I needed in another person and what would help, um, benefit me and um, where I could learn to grow and maybe gentleness myself and patience and um, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) no, no, that's beautiful. And then the thing is like, I'm still on the other side of that where I haven't found my person yet. Right. And so Mm -hmm. on, on this side of it, right, I can't speak to your side, but on my side, I can think like, I've learned so much about myself and about, you know, what might compliment me well, but at the same time, it's not concrete in the fact (laughs) where I'm still at the point where it's like, these are some things that I might look for, but I'm also ready to be like surprised in how um, someone can compliment me, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like I'm not putting somebody in a box, right? I'm not being like, well, are you this, this, and this, or "Mm, sorry, I can't date you, right? I'm not (laughs) doing that, but it's, it's more so like I, because I know myself well, that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm excited to see how somebody can 
come in and like shake things up or like Mm -hmm. come in and like stretch me. Like that excites me because like, (laughs) not that I'm like not trying, like, because I'm just, I'm the type of person who I'm always trying to be better. I'm always trying to like, um, grow. I love learning. So I'm always trying to study something. And so like, I'm just excited for that, if that makes sense. Yes. Anyway, that was, you know, (laughs) particular, (laughs) but, um, no, I think that's really true because I have to say when I when I met my husband at the time I had I really did not think that we would mesh well together at all. Um, I always thought, oh, I need somebody who's um, lively and because I'm very introverted as well. So I thought I need someone who will bring me out of my shell and you know a completely different vision. Um, and yeah, God brought this man into my life and little did I know he's just the best person that, um, for me that I ever could have met. And yeah, we're so thankful for him. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Definitely. And, and I think like, this is kind of going off of that, but kind of not like using these years of you know, this gift of singleness for different things, such as like learning, I think can be so important. And not only like, you know, learning how to, I don't know, knit, like, yeah, that's great for that too. But like, more importantly, learning about yourself as a person, Mm -hmm. and also learning about the different vocations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whether that be, you know, diving into what is it actually like to be married? Because like, I mean, I know this is the line of work I'm in, but I find that people don't ask that question enough (laughs) when they're single. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, and I'm totally going to pitch my program right now because like that (laughs) is why I created it. Right. Because literally people don't ask that question of what is it really like to be married? What is the the truth about marriage like what is like not not even like I've heard lies all my life like that's not the truth I'm talking about the truth of like the 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 deepness and like what does it mean that it's a sacrament and like what does like that look like because it's really hard to comprehend if you've never seen it done well or Mm -hmm. heard it explained right yeah and like I just wish that everyone took more time to think through these questions and to ask the questions and to really dive into marriage because it's so stunningly beautiful. And that was one of the things that just struck me while we were studying together was just like how stunningly beautiful God created marriage to be. And while I think everyone can agree that you know, at least in the wedding planning stages, right? That, that marriage is beautiful, Mm -hmm. but, but the world's kind of idea of marriage falls utterly short (laughs) of the reality, right? And so taking the time to, you know, it doesn't have to even be my course. I mean, I'd love it. I'd love to teach you, but at the same time, like take time to read books about it. Take time to read the saints who had amazing things to talk about when it comes to marriage, take my course, like learn about marriage. And then at the same time, learn about 
other vocations, learn about what it's like to be a sister or a brother or a priest. Like, learn about these things. Go and talk to different orders. Like, I know you mentioned that, Elizabeth. Like, not just like, oh, what is it like to be a sister? But like, go and like meet sisters and go and like spend time with orders because you're not really going to know if you're removed from it. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a tangent, but I'm, I'm passionate about this, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> that this part of the gift of singleness is like misused, especially when we look at like the world's view of embracing our single years. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's one of the differences between the world's view of s- single years and the Christian view of embracing single years. I think it's very true that in the world today we don't we don't see a, a publicly good image of marriage and religious life is even a smaller amount that we see. And, you know, it's not popular at all, um, really, except in the Catholic circles, of course. And um, so it is so important to, like you said, to go stay with them and visit them and the same thing with marriage to to learn as much as you can about it beforehand, um, and I taking the courses at our grad school made such a difference. I had such a different view of marriage beforehand, and it is just so it's so beautiful, and it makes it you truly see the beauty of the sacrament when you're studying it or when you're reading about it and focusing on it. Because otherwise, you may just see it as two people who live together and have children, and that's the end. Whereas it's, you know, this beautiful vocation and this sacrament you enter into as a couple, and you're striving for holiness, and you're striving for heaven, and to get each other there, and to get your children there. And um, I feel like it really needs to be, you know, known and out there that it is this beautiful thing and it it is hard but it's so worth it and it's yeah it's really wonderful yes yes and amen (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely and I think like and I know we we talked about it a little bit already the difference between like the world's view of embracing our single years versus like a Christian view of embracing our single years, but mm-hmm. I, like that was kind of scattered. So do you have something more to say on that? Yeah. Um, the world's view is just completely different <laughs> uh, <laughs> to another two extreme situation. Um, and, you know, it's so encouraged this what's in society today to spend your young adult life partying, drinking, um, just kind of doing whatever to pass the time almost. And um, which, I mean, it's good to have fun. <laughs> it's great to have fun. But it just almost would seem like a waste of those years um, where you could be spending them learning about yourself and um, you know, receiving the sacraments and um, working on the virtues, reading, studying, like you said, and realizing where you excel and your talents and how you can go use those to serve people. And um, 
it's just such an exciting time of life that could be so worthwhile and so well used. Um, and I think it's, it's not encouraged enough um, in our society today to really go out there and learn everything you can about yourself during that time and to expand, to go out of your comfort zone and, um, yeah, just spend time praying, you know, praying, praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, um, asking God's will if you're struggling with your vocation, um, whatever it is. And, yeah, so much good comes from praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> so many answers as well when you're yes. looking for that. <laughs> yes, and, like, just contrasted with the world's view mm-hmm. is, like, it's like night and day. Yeah. Because we see not only like where we're going to, right? Kind of like the fruits of our labor, mm-hmm. right? Because this this period of singleness isn't just like, okay, well, we have to just study and, and work and like no fun, no fun, no fun. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> like <laughs> it is – it's like a balance of all of that mm-hmm. where kind of in the world's view, it's like everything's about you right? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's so selfish. Everything's about you. Everything's about your entertainment. And no one is, like you said, kind of inviting or encouraging people to uh, grow in themselves. Mm -hmm. They're instead just being like, here, sit down, be quiet, and like be entertained with your phone. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And it's just like, there's no, I, I don't see any life in that life. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see anything that's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I want it. Nothing's it's not even moving. like a good thing yeah. where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want it. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just see so much emptiness in it mm-hmm. where I see so much fullness and beauty in embracing this time for our good and for God's glory and for the good of others. Mm-hmm. Right. There's so much more <laughs> that has to, like, that can be done in that time it, looking at it in that way mm-hmm. than just um, kind of being selfish and, and using the time however you know you see fit but at this at that point you're not even in charge anymore mm-hmm. like I know this is a whole another tangent <laughs> but like <laughs> people are telling you how you're spending your time you're not even free mm-hmm. if you're not learning about yourself, learning about the world and embracing this gift of singleness the way that God intended. Yes. And it's so much more fulfilling. I mean, maybe that's not believable to some people, but um, I'm always encouraging people to go volunteer or go do things, uh, study more or whatever it is, because I know from experience how fulfilling that is. And I just want everybody to experience that as well. Um, Yeah. No, totally. And I think that, like, yeah, I guess, why don't you share with everybody, like, how did you embrace your gift of singleness? Like, what what all things did you do? Um, So during our time in Austria, um, I was there for five years studying, first three years of a um, semi-bachelor's program, and then I switched over to the marriage and family master's. And um, every every summer and every winter, I pretty much went to a different country 
and volunteered with disabled children or adults. And during that time, I have to say some of those summers and winters were the most beautiful of my life. (laughs) And I have to be careful how I talk about this because um, I get so excited about, well, the gift of singleness in general, but also this volunteering period because of how much I learned and grew. Um, but also my husband always, like, always mentions that I make it sound more exciting and I, I was more happy than I am being married. And I'm always trying to explain, you know, I know he's teasing, but I, I just, during that time, I really feel like I was stretched so much. Um, I learned so much about myself, you know, when you're with these, with these beautiful children or adults that have these disabilities and you're doing everything for them. And it's just such a beautiful service to them. And they're so thankful whether they can speak or not, their smile says everything. Um, and yeah, just doing this, um, I feel like I, I was, I was really helping others, serving others, and it was I was constantly smiling. I mean, it just brought so much joy to me to help others, to be in these little towns with maybe nothing else to do, per se, but just to be with them, whether it's just sitting on the step for hours and holding their hands, talking to them, whatever it was, it was so fulfilling. Um, during that time of my life when I, I didn't know where my vocation was going to be. And I spent time with the Missionaries of Charity in Armenia for two summers in a row. And I both times I just did not want to leave. I, I just, I, I remember it was the summer after I got engaged and I wanted to text my uh, fiance and say, I just can't come back. I can't leave them. <laughs> uh, I just, I really loved helping them and being with them. And I think it really built up my identity because you're spending 24 hours with these, with these beautiful people and you completely forget about yourself. You just, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you're giving your all to, to them. And I think that's helped me in, in being a mother now um, because you really don't have a lot of time for yourself. And you just have to instantly, you know, jump out of bed if, when you hear your baby crying or whatever it is. It's you, you just need to lose yourself in whatever, if it's motherhood, if it's service, if it's volunteering, you just forget about yourself and you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, I, I met you in that time of you know, being abroad and studying, right? Even in that, like, is something that not a lot of people think of doing (laughs) because it's kind of a little bit outside people's (laughs) comfort zone. Um, But, yeah, and I I saw that every summer you would come back and and we'd reunite and just the joy in, like, on your face but also just, like, in your heart that – like didn't end with you coming back, but even like kept you going for a little while, you know? Uh Um, And so like, yeah, whether it be like a a job that you work um, and you have a little bit of time off or like you're a student, like there's times that that can be part of the gift as well. Yes. Right? Because it's not like something separate from like, 
your day job or like what you do during the day. Like right. it's a it's a state of being, <laughs> right? Yeah. That you're if you're single, you're in this gift. It's a gift of singleness, mm-hmm. and and to which you can steward well or you could steward not so well. Yeah. So that's your decision. That's very true. <laughs> Whether to take advantage of advantage of it or not is completely up to the individual. But mm-hmm. I can say that if you do, it will be fulfilling and I would be, you would be so appreciative of that. <laughs> yes. And we're not trying to like sell you something that's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like it's perfect. And like, you never have a moment where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, no, I mean, that's just like, it's not how life works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, with the good comes the bad mm-hmm. and with the, the learning and the growing comes those growing pains, right. And comes those really uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. that you have to grow through and things like that. It takes hard work. Like mm-hmm. with anything, like with marriage, I feel like I'm constantly telling people when they're asking me questions about marriage is it's like, it's not that like, oh, you're single and you just can't wait to be married because life will be so much easier. Like <laughs> you can attest, like marriage is hard uh-huh. and it takes work. Yeah. And so does living the gift of singleness. Yes. Well. Yes. It takes work and it takes constant like uh, intentionality. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I can, you know, and, and, you know, you have moods and you're like, whatever. But I can look back and be like, oh, that was a time where I was living my gift of singleness well. Mm-hmm. And then I can also look back and be like, ooh, man, that was a time <laughs> I was not living well. <laughs> yes, that's very you know, true. Uh-huh. I could have done so much better. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, like, I, I don't want to say that it's, like, it, it's – all rainbows and butterflies on this side like no it's not but it's so worth it and I think that's what we're trying to say yes is that living this gift of singleness is takes work and it takes intention and it takes um continual effort but Mm -hmm. it is so worth it yes it's so easy to stay in your bubble you know whatever your maybe your daily routine is or whatever is just easy and cozy and and nice um and then you know to if you want to really embrace it to go out of your comfort zone if you really want to embrace the gift of singleness to go out of your comfort zone and it, it's not as easy <laughs> it's not as nice and cozy and you have to learn you know new aspects and new things that will make you feel uncomfortable. But yes, like you said, you just, if you do it and then, you know, that won't, it won't be so hard the next time. And, um, you can just keep striving for more and more. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's so true. It's like, you just, it's not that we like want more and more and more for the, the fact of more, but that as we grow and as we are, becoming more of who God created us to be, we have the capacity for more. We yeah. have the capacity mm-hmm. to learn more and to grow more, right? Because, you know, you get to a point and then it's not like you're not looking backwards. You don't want to go backwards. But with the lo- – just like the life with Christ, and I'm like I have the biggest smile on my face right now because <laughs> I just love this. But like life with Christ is really – like I know St. Augustine said it, but like it's the greatest adventure. But at the same time, like 
there's there's no limit to the goodness of God and there's no limit to what he has prepared for you. So it's not like you try for like three years and you're like living this gift and you're like, mm, okay, I've achieved it. And um, next, what's my next thing? It's like, no way, Jose. Like <laughs> he has so much prepared for you. Like, listen, I'm still single after a really long time. So I'm still living in it. <laughs> and there's still so much for me to learn and to grow in. And it's just such the adventure. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change this way of living for, for the alternative that the world offers. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And just and during this time, giving, giving your, your life over in a way to whatever Jesus has in store for you and just letting God lead you. And I never kind of, had any of these plans to go volunteer, um, travel, it just, things just happened. And I was, I was able to have the opportunity to do it. And mm-hmm. I was just so excited and ready to go wherever it was. And it was definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, the first few times, because it was all brand new to me, everything, the language, the culture, so many differences about everything. But I was just, I was just excited about life, about service, and I was ready for it, I think. Yeah, but in order for you to have been ready for that, yes, you had to have said yes to the things you had in the past. Like, you had to first leave Texas and go to Europe. Like, that was the first yes, right? Well, yeah. not the first one, but there's like <laughs> lots of yeses that led up to you being ready to say yes to those opportunities, right? Like, yeah. you had left your family and you've gone to a brand new place and where you didn't know anybody. And, you know, you really did pour yourself into that community too. So it's like you had experience in that. And while this other thing is something new and different, it was still had some of the same components, right? You, you built up those skills, you built up those muscles of going outside of yourself and trying something new. And so when the opportunity presented itself, you could grow into that. Yes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so like impossible anymore. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Always being stretched little by little. And yeah, it it led to so many, so many opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's what saying yes to the gift of singleness can do. (laughs) Taking advantage. And we're done. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes, but seriously, I know we could talk about this forever because we've had so many conversations about this. Yes. I just remember after every class, pretty much, we were like in every single class together. <laughs> I don't think I had a class without you. And, um, after every class, we would walk back to where we were living and we would just talk about the class and we would just talk about these things and we'd go to one of our rooms and just talk for hours about it. It was the best time. Yeah. So we could talk about this forever, but we will not. Um, and we will leave you with that. But again, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us and sharing how you dove into the gift of singleness. And I hope that our listeners here are listening, taking this to heart and able to live their gift of singleness a little bit more fully. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Dear Beloved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to follow along at the Beloved Collective on Instagram and YouTube. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D. 